Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Super pumped to talk to you about a book that I read back in November or December. It was given to me at my mastermind meeting at the end of October. It was highly recommended by one of my business partners. And the book is called Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business, which I know this isn't a business podcast and this isn't even gonna be a business episode. But what I found as I went through the book is that so many of the strategies, kind of like we talked about with Austin last week, so many of the strategies that are used to help business owners move to the next level and become more effective leaders and have more successful careers and businesses and impact more people apply so brilliantly to our own lives. And many of the reasons that business owners feel stuck and overwhelmed and don't ever grow is for the same reasons that we humans feel stuck and overwhelmed and feel like life is a little bit Groundhog Day-esque. So when I read this book back in November and into December, I recommended it to a bunch of people who all had very much the same thought. Like, I love this for my business, but I love it even more for my life. And so I decided to go back through the book looking for a few key tools and takeaways that we can all apply to our own lives. And these are things that will not only make growth and change easier, but also make growth and change more sustainable, you know, because we can all try a really awesome strategy for a couple weeks and it really, really works, but it just doesn't fit within our lives. And so when things get a little crazy or we have multiple balls in the air, it's the first thing to go. I'm a big fan of the book. I would highly recommend reading it, especially if you have a passion for business, certainly if you own your own business. But today I'm going to talk through some of those key takeaways whether you choose to read the book or not. And I'll say this again, because I'm just on a real audible kick lately, especially um, all things baby, not sleeping. Um, My pregnancy has come with a significant bit of insomnia. So audible is like my new best friend. I spend more time on audible than on any other app by far. So even if you're not a reader, but you're clearly somebody who likes to listen to podcasts, Go to audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential because then you can get a free trial for an entire month of Audible and you get your first book free. The thing, I've had an Audible membership for a really long time, but one thing that I love about it is that I get a free credit every month at least and that means that I get a free book 
every month, at least. And I really, really enjoy that. So if you're thinking you might not want to read the book, but it might be something to listen to, go to audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. You get a month of Audible free and you get your first book free. I'll also link to the physical book if you're somebody who's like, I got to touch it. I got to feel it. I got to be able to write in it. Totally get that as well. You can go to the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 720. And I'll link that up. But we're going to dive right into a few of my biggest takeaways from this book that we can all apply to our personal lives, to our relationships, to our finances, to any area where we want to make an improvement, health, fitness, you name it. The start of the book says that sheer will and brute force are no longer enough to survive. Sheer will and brute force are no longer enough to survive. More importantly, they don't really work. You know, I took the sheer will and brute force approach to my weight for, oh, you know, a few decades, just casually trying it out. Not only did it not work, I hated the process. My sense of people who think that change kind of sucks, like, oh, I have to lose this weight or I'm trying so hard to get out of debt, their approach probably includes a little bit of sheer will and brute force, if not a lot of sheer will and brute force. And there's there's another way. There's an easier way. There's a better way. And the book asks this question. The book is by Gino Wickman, by the way. How can you elevate yourself to a position of true leadership? How can you elevate yourself to a position of true leadership? And I'd love for you to not just hear that, but really ask yourself that question. Especially if your first answer is, I don't know. When we have that response to any question, like, I have no idea. That is where our work begins, not where our work ends. In fact, that's a really good indicator of where we can and should do some work to grow instead of just dismissing it because the answer doesn't come easily. How can you elevate yourself to a position of true leadership? Now, you can think about this in terms of leadership in your home, right? If you're in a romantic relationship, if you have children, you can think about a position of leadership in your career. Even if you're not managing others, you can still be a leader. So much of leadership is not about rank and authority, but rather influence. And influence does not require that we have direct reports, you know? But where I think there's the most potential with this question is being a leader of yourself. How can you elevate yourself to a true position of leadership of yourself? Do you think that you're a great leader? One of the questions that the book poses is, who do you know that is a really great leader? That if you had to hand off the reins to somebody, you know this person would get it done, would get it done well, you know, you'd admire the way that they do it, you'd trust their process, they're a good person, who are those people? And when we identify those people in our lives, sometimes that makes it a little bit more tangible to answer this question of leadership, like, well, what are some of their leadership qualities? Maybe there's somebody who takes charge. Maybe there's somebody who never makes excuses. They take full responsibility for things. They're a go-getter. They strategize. You know, they like to have a plan. 
And then you can ask yourself, do I show up that way for me? So when I was answering this for business, I was thinking of my business coach, Austin, who was on the show last week. And, you know, I think he's a great leader. But then I asked myself, why? What are the qualities that he has that make him a good leader? And I think one of them is that he's not afraid to delegate, that he is very positive and enthusiastic, that he's creative and he thinks outside the box, that he doesn't make excuses. He does what he says he's going to do when he says he's going to do it. I can trust him. And I wrote all of those things down. And then when it comes to how I lead myself, do I check those boxes? Am I delegating things that need to be delegated in my own life or am I spending a lot of my time and energy on things somebody else could do? And I'm just hesitant to give them up because of control or having it done my way or not wanting to bother anybody. Am I showing up that way for myself? Am I positive and enthusiastic to myself, in my own head, in my thoughts, in my mind? Can I trust myself? Am I the kind of person for me, in my own mind, not outwardly for other people? Do I do what I say I will do for me? Do I follow through? Do I keep my word? And as we go through that, maybe you have four or five people that you say, like, they're a really good leader, or they're somebody that I really look up to, or they, they have the qualities that I aspire to have. Well, what are those? What does that look like? Make a list of them and then say, where do I have some work to do? And then we want to, of course, bring it down to today. What can I do about that today? You know, I'm not always positive and enthusiastic. And when I think about leading myself, today I got my feathers all ruffled just about an hour ago because we've had all sorts of trucks coming in and out of here and the winter weather and all of that. And they've basically inadvertently or intentionally, who knows, widened our driveway almost double by just driving over the grass. And now it's this, not only is it a big muddy mess, but people get their cars stuck in it. And there are these ruts that are two and three feet deep because people don't drive on the driveway because of all the delivery trucks and the construction and the winter weather and all of that. So sure enough, a truck came today and didn't drive on the driveway, got stuck, and then sat there spinning out its tires, which of course we all know just makes this huge, massive mud pit. And it like really ruffled my feathers. And you know, when I think about who I want to be and how I want to show up for myself, like that's just not something that I want to be on the list of things that, that gets me going, you know? Because if something like that can be on my list of things that get me going, there's going to be an awful lot of relatively meaningless stuff that can get me going. And then I don't feel emotionally stable because I'm allowing all of these little things to take me off balance and influence my mood. I don't want to be that way. So then I think, of, okay, well, what can I do about that today? I can change my perspective on it. We have so much dirt on this property, a few tractors full of dirt over there, and there's no issue at all. So like, let's not even sweat it until the construction's over, and then it'll all be fine, and like, it's easy to fix. I can be on guard today all day about, am I going to let this ruffle my feathers or not? Somebody texted me this morning and said, 
hey, can you email such and such? And I said to this individual, yeah, I sent that to you two days ago. I'll resend it. That's an example of something that in the past might have kind of ruffled my feathers. Like, seriously, what am I, your secretary? But I just, I don't, I don't want that to be on the list of things that can ruffle my feathers. So I'm going through this day very intentionally. Do I want this to make the list? Do I want this to pull me out of a great mood and a great state? How can you elevate yourself to a position of true leadership? This is especially powerful when we're thinking about the ways we lead ourselves. And if you first come to the place of, I don't know, I don't even know, how, what do you mean be a better leader of myself? What I want you to think about are leaders in your life that you've interacted with, that you admire, that you think are effective, as well as people who are living in a way that you aspire to live. I have some people from a business standpoint who take really big, bold risks, and they seem to me to be fearless. And so, you know, when I think about the way I want to lead myself and lead my team and lead my family, I think about them and I'm like, okay, well, what are some of those characteristics? And then where do I have room for improvement? Where do I check the box? Like, yeah, that's totally me too. And where am I like, yeah, I'm not there yet. Start there. If you are not controlling your life, your life is controlling you, right? Just like if I am not controlling my mood, my mood is controlling me. And that is, that is true for all of us. We are our own mood makers. I say that all the time. But it's not just true of mood. You know, if I'm not controlling it, it's controlling me. And I don't want to live that way. I don't want to feel like external factors influence how I go through a day but the same thing is true of my life. One of the keys in business that this book talks about is if you're not controlling your business, your business is controlling you. And then we're reactive and we don't feel in control and we're much more likely to feel overwhelmed and we don't make great decisions from that state of mind. And this is totally crossover to life. If you're not controlling your life, your life is controlling you. And while there will always be a number of factors that are outside your control, there are infinitely more that are inside your control. I think about this in terms of the morning. And I talked about this with Austin. But the fact is, if I don't control my morning, my morning will control me. What's happening? And what do I need to respond to? What do I need to react to? Are you controlling your life? What could you do differently to control your life? Who do you know... And this can be personally, or it can be through the internet, it can be an author, it can be somebody that you're only, you know, vaguely familiar with, but who do you know that it seems like they have good control over their life? What are some of the things that they do that makes you think that? Write that out. What are some of the things that they do that make you think they have control over their life? And then do you do those things? I can think of a couple people that I know to varying degrees. And it seems to me like, for the most part, the majority of the time, they have control over their lives. And some of the things that they do that makes me think that, they have routines. You know, first thing in the morning, they're at the gym. And they get up extra early. I'm thinking of one person in particular. She's got two young kids at home. And she's got a husband who owns a company and works outside of the house. 
And she gets up at 4.30 every morning and goes to the gym before her husband has to work, before the kids wake up, and she's back to have breakfast with her husband before he leaves for work. She's not hoping that at some point in the day she can make it to the gym. She's making that happen. I know other people who really seem to be in control of their relationship versus letting their relationship control them. And they have specific routines and systems every single day. Uh, One couple that I know, they sit down every single Sunday and they usually do it at night after the kids go to bed and they talk about the week. When did you feel connected this week? When did we feel connected this week? Is there something that we've left unsaid or unresolved? Is there something that I did that hurt you this week? What do you want for us for this week? And the conversation sometimes takes five minutes and sometimes it takes, you know, an hour. But the fact that that is a routine for them shows me that they're really in control of their relationship versus their relationship being in control of them. Start looking at people in your life who you feel have maybe a little bit more control over things or seem to have control over things than you do and start looking at what is different. What do they do that gives you that impression? Is there a degree to which you can implement that this week or even today? One of my biggest takeaways, and I just was so grateful to read this in this book at this time, was about core values and strong guiding principles. Fortunately, most of us, whether they are defined or they're undefined, you know, maybe we can list them off really quickly or they're more of a feeling. Most of us have these for other people and we have these for things like our work, right? With other people, we might have these strong guiding principles or these core values that, you know, you won't, other people won't lie. We we won't have people in our lives that lie. The people in our lives are going to do what they say. They'll be kind or maybe for our work. You know, we have a strong guiding principle that like we show up, we get there on time, we go even when we don't feel like going, we have these strong guiding principles or these core values. More often than not, they're, they're unnamed, they're just how we are. But if I said to you, you know, write them down on a list in the next 30 seconds, you might not be able to articulate them easily. But here's what I realized. Most people don't have them for themselves. So I went through this process based on this book and I defined the core values for primal potential, which I've had and I've done before. And I have these job scorecards for different positions where I've defined the core values of, you know, helping other people get what they want and ability to figure things out and, you know, clear communication, taking full responsibility. So I I went through this process for primal potential and then, um, when I was going over them with Primal's new COO, who many of you have met online or those of you that are in the 12 Weeks to Transformation, you've probably met Susie. She said, you know, these are great, but not only do we need to communicate them to the team and communicate them to the team consistently, we also need to have anti-values. So for example, if taking responsibility is one of the core values for Primal Potential, it's even more powerful when we say, you know, this is what the core value is and this is what it means. And this is the anti-value. The anti-value is blaming somebody else, whether that's a customer or a colleague or uh, making excuses. I didn't have time. That is the anti-value of taking responsibility. 
And I loved that. And I felt that it instantly made it stronger and more real for the Primal Potential team. And then I said, I need this for myself. <laughs> like for, for me personally, for Elizabeth, what are my core values? It's not just enough to know that, you know, I really value um, serving other people and I really value putting my family first. And I really value honesty and saying what I feel and saying what I need. But I need to have one to three core values as well as the anti-values. And so I created this for my nuclear family. You know, these are our core values. So for example, one of them is communicating with love and kindness. And we have to identify the anti-value to make it so much more powerful. The anti-value is being snarky or cold or dismissive or rude, responding in frustration instead of responding with the value, love, and kindness. So what are your core values? Not for other people, not for your job, but for the way you show up with yourself. Because we're so quick to say, you know, in my relationship, we're going to be honest with each other. But do you hold that core value for yourself? Because when you say something like, I don't even care, or I'll start tomorrow, you know, are you being really honest with yourself? Are you being really honest with yourself? Do you have core values and have you defined what the anti-value is, what it looks like to not show up that way? What are those things for you? And I, I mentioned the number one to three. I feel strongly that having more than three, they kind of get lost in the shuffle and we don't remember what they are. But what I've done is I've, I've printed them out, typed them up, you know, used Canva or whatever free online editor um, you use. I used Canva. And then I framed them and put them in our bedroom. And we talk about them, right? And when I don't live up to that core value, for example, communicating with love and kindness, I say that, you know what? This is really important to me. Hey, this is, this is one of the couple of core values we have for our family and, and I didn't do it and I'm sorry. And if I had shown up that way and I had communicated that way, it would have looked like this. But I think having them for yourself is the most important thing. What are my core values? And what is the anti-value? What does it look like to not show up that way? You know, one of my core values is creating the life I want for everyone in my life. My friends, my family, my colleagues, my clients. And the anti-value is settling. The anti-value is it's good enough as it is. But I really believe in infinite possibilities. And that is a core value. But I also have core values of impeccable self-care. And the anti-value is cutting corners, right? Impeccable self-care, the anti-value is not getting enough sleep, not meditating, not eating well. And then I can kind of check myself when I'm journaling, like these are my core values and I've taped them to the inside of my journal. A am I hitting the mark? Maybe your individual core values are the exact same as the core values for your family. Maybe they're a little bit different. But a lot of clarity comes when we identify these things. They help us get out of our own way. They really do. When we've identified who we want to be, 
and who we don't want to be, then when we have those moments when we're making excuses or we're talking ourselves into a delay or we're filled with self-doubt, we can go back to those core values and those anti-values. And it's a practice. We have to keep them top of mind. The same is true with business. One of the big things that the book talks about in terms of business is not having a clear vision, right? For so many business owners, and I've certainly been guilty of this um, and still am at some point, it, it is just about kind of keeping things afloat and putting out fires and just keeping it alive, right? Which is totally different from having a vision and then structuring your day around that vision that you want for your life, the vision that you want for your business, And I think that if I ask the majority of you, like, what is the vision you have for the next one year? If you are not able to clearly verbalize that, articulate that in 30 seconds or less, you don't have the clarity that if you did have would really make things easier. What is your one year target? And it's okay if it's a few different things. Mine is for my family and for my own health and for my finances and for my business. But I know where I'm looking to be at this time next year. Do you? Have you defined that? Because a business that doesn't have a clear one-year target is going to flounder. And our lives are infinitely more important to control and optimize than our businesses, right? Because you can have a great business, but if you have a crappy life, what's the point? What is your one-year target? And then what do you need to accomplish in the next 90 days in order to be on track for that? And when you answer that question, what do I need to accomplish in the next 90 days in order to be on track for that? I want you to focus on the, on the executable things, not the outcome. So let's just use a really easy example of you know, weight loss. Let's say you have a one-year target related to health or related to weight loss, and you think, okay, in the next 90 days, I need to lose 20 pounds to be on track. I don't want that particular thing to be your focus. Here's why. There are going to be a series of actions and behaviors that will get you that result. Those are the things you control daily, not the pounds, right? So focus on the executable action items that you control daily instead of a short-term outcome that you want to get at. Because that, you don't directly influence the way you do the actions, the choices, the behaviors, the patterns, the systems. What is your one-year target? And what do you have to accomplish in the next 90 days in order to be on track? What I don't want for you as you go through the rest of 2020 is to be so busy in the hustle and bustle that you don't take the time to be intentional and to create the life you want. We all create the life we have. And if we're not intentional, we're just going to get what happens instead of creating what we want. And I really think we all have the opportunity to decide not to settle for the way things have been, but to just spend a little bit more energy so we can create what we want. Because you won't get to the next level by winging it. You will not get to the next level by winging it. The last thing that I want to touch on is an issues list. I loved this from the book. And again, all the links will be up in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 720. What's in the way? What are the issues list? 
Sometimes we just respond to them, respond to them, respond to them, and we don't really take the time to solve them, to eliminate them. It's like patching a leak and then patching it again and patching it again and patching it again instead of fixing it. And in business, a lot of people just don't spend adequate time solving issues. They're just in the hustle and bustle responding to them. That happens in life. We either ignore it, we avoid it, we distract ourselves from it, or we create a temporary solution instead of a permanent one. Create an issues list. What is in the way of achieving your one-year vision? What is in the way of the life that you want? What is in the way of you hitting your goals? What's the issue or issues for most of us? What's in the way? And then go through what's the difference between a distraction and a solution? Or what's even a step towards a solution? What are my ideas for a solution? Who might I talk about a solution with? Who might have already solved this that I can learn from? What are 20 different potential solutions? Start with five. Is there something I can do about it today? How am I distracting myself from this? How am I avoiding this? What are some of the anti-solutions that I've implemented before so that you don't go down that path again? Austin shared a strategy that he uses with his clients when we talked on the podcast last week, and he said, it's about subtraction more than it is about addition. So for all of these things, whether it's your issues list or your core values or your vision or where you need to be in 90 days, look first at what needs to go before you turn to what you need to add. What can you cut? What can you eliminate? How can you simplify instead of what most of us do? Like, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. What are some things that we can remove? Then we have more bandwidth instead of less. Then we feel less overwhelmed instead of more. The reality is we just have to be a little bit more intentional. And we can eliminate the overwhelm that keeps so many of us from action with a bit more clarity clarity of your core values and the anti-values. Clarity is about a vision for your life and a one-year target. Clarity about what you need to accomplish in the next 90 days so that you are on track for that one-year target. And clarity about what's in the way and the difference between a solution and a distraction. And like I said at the start, if you are a business owner or you like to geek out about business or you just enjoy learning about business, the book is called Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business. It's by Gino Wickman. It's also on Audible. So I'll link up how you can get a free month trial if you want to just take a listen to it because you also get your first book free. So you could get this one for free to listen. There are just a lot of tools that can make our lives easier, and that can make taking action feel easier and less overwhelming. And ultimately, that is what I want for you. So maybe you start with a few of these questions today. Maybe you write them down and spend an hour with them this weekend. Maybe you spend 10 minutes with them a day until you've worked through them all. Maybe you do it with a friend. You know, you go to a coffee shop and you sit down with these questions and you talk it through together. I always feel like we come to better solutions when we do it with a friend. But hopefully this will get you towards taking more action and creating traction through informed, deliberate, proactive action. Make today amazing. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.